Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Vancouver police and RCMP have increased patrols around synagogues and other Jewish community institutions, along with mosques as well. The impact of what is transpiring uh, in Israel is profound, particularly uh, to the Jewish community here uh, in Vancouver. Joining me now is Ezra Shankin, CEO of the Jewish Federation of Greater Vancouver. Ezra, thank you for joining us today. I'm absolutely happy to. Um, Walk me through what you're hearing and seeing here in Vancouver from the Jewish community after what we've been watching uh, on their newscast now for three days? Yeah, I mean, I think it's very important for people to understand how small the Jewish community is globally. I mean, we're really talking about 14 million people. What do we have, 8 billion people on earth? 14 Mm -hmm. million of them are Jewish. Um, This is a small community. That means it's an intertwined community. And when you have this many people savagely murdered, uh, you're going to have connections. You're going to have a lot of connections within the community. You're going to have a lot of pain within the community, even reaching as far as here geographically. And at the Jewish Federation, we've worked very hard to We have a team working at the office right now trying to get in touch with families, making sure that we're there to support people. Uh, this is an emotionally challenging time for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those that are uh, looking for support, wanting to uh, to speak to you and many of your members as well, is it a question of just getting people out of Israel right now? Is that the biggest concern for them? Or, or is it a more an existential issue where it's just like, you know what, I want to help, I want to go over there, what can we do? Actually, I'll give you a third one. Is my family member alive or not? Hmm. I mean, we are absolutely dealing with that type of situation right now where it's, is my family member alive? Is my family member, has has my family member been taken hostage? As many of you know, we have a member of our community, uh, Ben Mizrahi, former student at King David High School, you know, down at a music festival. Um, you know, go, you know, music festival is... Uh, attacked by Hamas savagely. Mm-hmm. And uh, he last we heard he was helping one of his friends. He was a trained medic. Uh, I think his friend might have been shot. Uh, they find his phone, but do not find him. And now we have his family en route to Israel to just try to be closer to where he is uh, to try and figure out what happened. That's that's real for us. That's that's really happening here right now. So the idea of people getting out or people wanting, a lot of this is about the most basic questions. Is my grandmother alive? Is my aunt alive? Is my uncle alive? You know, what's going on? So this individual right now is missing. Yeah, absolutely. You're far away uh, from Israel. Um, what do you do at this point in regards to showing your support? You know, for, for us, there's a couple of things that we can do. One, we've opened up an emergency campaign for the community of Victims of Terror Fund. Uh, that's uh, through JewishVancouver.com. People can support these 1,000-plus families connected to uh, the dead, um, those who are injured, um, and those who are captured. Um, you know, this is a way that we can send much-needed support over. The second thing that we can do is really be there for people who are connected to people. Support our community, be, be together, be in unison. We're getting together tomorrow uh, down at Jackpool Plaza mm-hmm. at uh, 
5 p.m. Uh, we're, we're calling it um, Let Our People Go. Uh, this is really focusing on Ben and so many others that have not been found, that are feared captured uh, in this moment. We have over 150 people still in Gaza being held, men, women, and children, some of which are connected to Canadian families. Uh, so we are really trying to bring uh, those people of conscience in our community together to really support each other in this moment. Um, just outside these offices, outside uh, outside of CKNW at the Vancouver Art Gallery, there was a rally there for those who are uh, supportive of the uh, Palestinian cause. Uh, your thoughts on that rally and many other rallies like it across the country? Yeah, I, I, I would say we've always taken the stance that um, they're everybody has a right to free speech. And, and frankly, I, I, I've, I myself am, am consider myself pro-Palestinian. I, I, I want the Palestinian people to have a country of their own. Canada wants the Palestinian people to have a country of their own. I, you know, we want Israel to be able to live in peace with that, with that country. And I, I really do, my heart breaks for, for those in Gaza that are um, adversely affected um, when military operations of this type are um, happening. And I think we have to know when it is an appropriate time to celebrate and not. Hamas is no good for the Palestinian people. It's no good for the global community. It is a designated terror group, not by me, but by Canada and by the United States and most of the Western world. Mm-hmm. These, these acts by Hamas do nothing to make Palestinians safer. They do nothing to advance the Palestinian cause. And frankly, I think they make things even worse for the Palestinians. Uh, it is expected that Israel will be responding ferociously to this. We've lost a thousand people, innocent people, not soldiers, innocent people, mothers, daughters, grandmothers, children murdered in front of their parents, women dragged out of their house and raped and then dragged into cars and brought into, into Gaza to be held captive and to be raped more. I... I don't see how this is a time for celebration. I don't see how this is a justifiable action. I think that Hamas has gone way too far, and I think that it's uh, at the detriment of the Palestinian people. Mm-hmm. Uh, does the Jewish community feel safe here? You know, we're very, very lucky. By and large, people in British Columbia and across Canada are very supportive of their Jewish neighbors. Um, these are friends and colleagues and partners. I will say in moments like this, when you have people marching through the streets who are celebrating the, the uh, savage massacre that happened at the hands of terrorists, it would be as if there were, would we feel safe, would we have felt safe if the day after 9-11, people went out to rally in support of al-Qaeda? Mm-hmm. We just wouldn't do it. Right? We wouldn't do it because it's in such poor taste. Because, oh, by the way, we have to show up to work tomorrow. How can you show up to work tomorrow with a, with a straight face knowing that you came out supporting a terrorist organization like this? That you went out and made people feel unsafe today when they're feeling so incredibly unsafe because of the way the world is right now.
We are speaking to Ezra Schenken, CEO of the Jewish Federation of Greater Vancouver. Of course, we are talking about uh, what has transpired over the last three days uh, in Israel. Uh, Vancouver Police uh, Police Department and the RCMP have also increased patrols around synagogues and other Jewish community institutions. Uh, so let me just touch on that for a moment. I mean, it, as you say, you know, Jewish people feel safe in this country. Uh, in regards to this heightened moment, even with more police patrols, uh, things are calm and still people, I'm sure they're trying to process what the, what, what has transpired, but generally everybody is safe and everybody's doing okay. Yeah, I, I would say that we're very, very lucky to have law enforcement. Um, I think we enjoy this along with our friends in the Muslim community and other communities that have been targeted in, in the past. Um, you know, I, I have to give enormous praise to the VPD and the RCMP. They've been great partners. You know, a lot of times when we're, you know, working together with them and putting police cars outside of houses of worship, it's it's not necessarily, the threat isn't necessarily that we feel that the, the house of worship is going to be attacked, but like many ethnocultural faith groups, heritage traditions and stuff like that, mm-hmm. if people stop showing up, that's a that's a really difficult thing for us. How do we transmit our traditions if they, if nobody comes through the door? So often, what what we do in partnership, which I which I'm very proud of, is really just ensuring that people feel safe coming into the institutions, so that they can enjoy the things that our community has to offer, both Jewish and non-Jewish people. Mm-hmm. What happens next now? I mean, there's the military response, there is a political response, but then, you know, and this is not something that's going to end in a couple of weeks, as I said. This is going to go for a very long time, especially this particular moment in regards and response from Israel and from many other nations as well. Uh, what happens moving forward in your mind? Yeah, I think that we we are dealing with a destabilized situation. And this was purposely done to destabilize the situation, right? Mm-hmm. I think many of us who were well-read in this, you know, know that Iran, this is this was Iran-backed, and uh, Iran is, has a vested interest, the Islamic Republic has a vested interest, uh, not just in, you You might think they only have the vested interest in in, in treating their women terribly uh, and, and cramping, you know, you know, stamping on women's rights that we've been standing up for and standing with the women of Iran. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when they have a little bit of extra time, they also would love to have control over the whole region. And the idea of Saudi normalization is just very difficult for them. So we're going to deal with a destabilized situation. They took orders from Iran. They got the high sign from Iran, uh, you know, to go in and, and get this thing done. They were trained by Iran to, to make this thing happen. So I... We have to be there for each other. I also think it's it's very important that we continue to have lines of dialogue open all over our community. A lot of different people are going through a lot of different things. This is a regional issue um, that's going on. We happen to be feeling the pain of this right now. But it's very, very important that we don't allow that pain to overtake our want and our need to keep the lines of communication open across across the communities. The last time we had a major flare-up uh, in in Gaza, I, I remember, um, you know, we it coincided. It just happened to coincide with uh, when the, there was a terrible vehicle-borne attack on a family in, in Ontario, mm-hmm. a Muslim family. And we, we really made it a point, even though we knew that things were a little bit frayed because what was going on overseas, we came down to the 8th Avenue Mosque and we stood with them. 
We stood with them in that moment. And frankly, we were some of the only people who were there standing with our friends in the Muslim community at the 8th Avenue Mosque that moment. And it was a very powerful moment for me because what it, what it said to me was, we can't allow these things to overtake us. We are going to sit and we are going, we have to mourn, we have to be strong, we have to move forward, we have to support the reconstruction on the ground in Israel, the families, the victims, we're going to do that. And But at the same time, we keep the lines of communication open here in this community. So the relationship is there with the Muslim community, um, faith, faith to faith? Absolutely, absolutely. It is deeply important to me that I maintain a strong, strong relationship, not just with our Muslim community, with all our faith communities. You know, we have an incredible group called the Other People that are out there with our, our interfaith liaison, Rabbi Bregman, um, who are representing all of the groups that have felt othered in the room. And they're going school to school, and they're teaching kids about what it is to be other inside the room. These are programs that need to continue as we, as we deal with these tremendously traumatic moments for our people. And so I, I am very proud that I come from a community, and that's what makes it even more painful to be singled out in this way, to be treated in this way, to watch death come upon our, our community in this way, because we have tried so hard to do so much good out there for our world, for our community, and we are going to continue to do this. This is not going to stop us from being a light unto the nations and doing beautiful work to help people. Um, as you say, you want to help uh, Israel rebuild as well. Do you see uh, people from Vancouver of the Jewish faith wanting to volunteer in the military as well? Can you see that happening? You know, right now what's what's happening is is Israel's recalling its military. So so the bulk of Israel's military is is. Uh, people who have already finished their mandatory service. Mm -hmm. uh, they're called miluim, they're reserves. They, they get called back in. So right now, you know, they have to get back and do that. I, I haven't seen yet, you know, people jumping up to volunteer because there is enough strength there within the miluim. I would imagine in past wars, uh, existential moments in Israel's journey, I will tell you the story of my father, during the Six-Day War in 1967, my mm -hmm. father was on the last plane in before they closed the airport. He was an American volunteer. He didn't know what he was doing there, but he just needed to be there because it felt like Israel's was existentially threatened in that moment. Mm -hmm. And my father was on the ground, and he went up all the way up into the north of Israel, and for six days... He helped on, on, on kibbutzim, which were co-op farms, uh, and, and he dug trenches, and he did anything that he could to help. That's the connection that we have to our spiritual homeland. We have that kind of connection. And other people have connections to other parts of the world. But we have that feeling of connection mm -hmm. uh, that we have a history of going and helping. I feel bad that even though I know that I'm doing my job here, that people are hurting there and I can't embrace them in my arms. I can't hold them in my arms right now because I'm here. Mm -hmm. I can only hold their family here and do it by proxy to support them. Yeah. Ezra, I know it's been a very difficult time for the community as it uh, uh, takes all of this in. And every day there are more stories, more images that come from, uh, from Israel. I do want to thank you for making time for our audience today to talk a little bit about uh, what you're seeing and hearing as well. Thank you so much. Yeah, Jess, I just want to thank you. I think that you making time for space for this conversation means the world to us in this moment. You're, you're a real hero to us, giving us this moment on, on the radio to talk about our pain.